Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome in professional wrestling fans. Welcome in Busted Open Nation here on a Saturday. It is time for the podcast edition of Busted Open Radio here on a Saturday. And I am Ryan McKinnell, your weekend host. I am joined as always by the world's strongest man, Mark Henry. And Mark, this is just no regular Saturday show. It's a Survivor Series Saturday here on Busted Open. Man, man, man. Survivor Series at its finest. Roman Reigns. Drew McIntyre, The New Day, The Street Profits, Sasha Banks, Oscar. It's so much, so much more. And I'm looking forward to it all. And I, I'm, I'm just going to throw this out there. I think that The Street Profits and The New Day, they might try to steal it. Stealing the show. I'm not saying it's going to be the best match, but I'm just saying it'll be stuff we remember forever. I'm going to be keeping my eye on that. Speaking of things to remember forever, 30 years ago, Mark, almost to the day. Yeah, it's Survivor Series. It's a special Survivor Series as we look back on The Undertaker. That's right, the one and only Mark Calloway making his debut 30 years ago to the day at Survivor Series as a mystery entrant, mystery member of the Million Dollar Team led by the one and only Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. And who better, Mark, to talk about The Undertaker and 30 years ago go then the man himself the million dollar man ted dibiase that's right he's on this show today man listen we could have spent another hour talking to ted dibiase such clearance uh, and understanding in the way that he right. delivered it like it would have man it was an unbelievable thing can't wait for y'all to hear this Definitely, definitely. And Mark, it wouldn't be a Saturday show without the weekly winner where we give you our best show that was in the week of professional wrestling. All you got to do, Nation, is sit back, relax, click play on that browser. Let's get it going. Bust it open on a Saturday. Oh my God. <laughs> Ryan, <laughs> the goosebumps. Man. Goosebumps. 30 years, Mark. 30 years. Late. 30 years goosebumps man that oh my god man I'm, I'm telling you the thing that that started out with that was to hear Howard Finkel's voice Howard had a way of putting emphasis on things the way he introduced people and the way that he presented that made wrestling what it is today just so you know Howard Finkel is always going to be my number one announcer of all time. It's, oh, same. Yeah. I, I love Howard. And I think Howard set the template for everybody. You look at the, the way that the boxing announcers announced today. That was the Howard Finkel. That was his influence. So you got to give that. And then Ted DiBiase, uh, 
There, there's not many guys that that have grabbed the microphone and owned it like Ted DiBiase did, and he was able to really bring color and clarity to what was happening. And the Undertaker, we didn't know when he walked down the ramp that first time, right? That everything that was going to happen was going to happen. But when he came down, you knew that something had changed in wrestling. That one match, that yeah. one entrance, that wrestling had changed. Well, as you said, we knew something was changing. We didn't know how big that change was going to actually become. And uh, uh, talk about it, you know, Undertaker 30 years ago, tomorrow making his debut at Survivor Series, Mark, in 1990. Um, we knew, you know, he was scary. We knew he was big. We knew that. You know, clearly, as you said, there was a shift happening and something special was happening. But when you think about now the WrestleMania moments, you think about the title runs, you think about the character, the minor character shifts, you think about everything that you know, has come to embody the the locker room leader that Mark Calloway slash The Undertaker was, is, still even to this day. Um, the story of The Undertaker is incredible, and it's it, it's incredible, Mark, that we're going to be celebrating 30 years here this weekend. Obviously, 30 years to the day, which I think is very, very cool, uh, happening that anniversary tomorrow. And to talk about it again, Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase coming up here on Busted Open in just about an hour. I'm Ryan McKinnell. That is Mark Henry. This is the Saturday edition of Busted Open. Hey, Mark, we'll be getting back to SmackDown. We got plenty to say. We'll be giving out our Survivor Series preview as well and, and having some fun with this show. I'm really looking forward to getting to it. And of course, talking to the nation, 877-344-4893. That is 877-FIGHT93. I throw that out there to the nation, Mark, because I want to hear from them. But first, I'm going to hear from you. We are putting together our all-time Survivor Series team. If you were going into battle, who would you pick? I'm going a little 2020 with my pick. I'm going to, going to go a little regional, but I know you're an old school guy, Mark. I know you're an old school guy, so I'm going to let you go first. I want to hear your thoughts on an all-time Survivor Series team. Who would you be taking into battle? Man, all-time. Um, I would have to say because I've had a lot of interactions um, with the gentleman, and I use that term loosely, uh, Big Show would be <laughs> the first guy that I pick because there's no answer for size. <laughs> there's, there's just no answer. And um, <laughs> I think that, you know, together with myself, the the world's largest tag team. Yeah, I don't, I don't um, think you need two more members after that. I think you could just do Mark Henry and the Big Show and beat the shit out of everybody. Yeah, we just start <laughs> whooping everybody. But then you need flamboyance. Okay. You need flamboyance. And who is more flamboyant than The Rock? I mean. Come on. It's almost not fair <laughs> to have somebody that's got that kind of uh, instinctive, uh, almost, I guess, you know, uh, for lack of a better term, born with the gift is genetically, uh, oozes from him, you know, from his high chief P Peter Maivia to his dad, Rocky Johnson, his mom, Atta, 
Um, is he didn't have a choice? <laughs> he was supposed to be the rock. This is what you are doing. <laughs> this is you are you are going to be the best wrestler alive. This is the way, and this is the way. This is the way. And then last, and certainly not least, um, you need a guy that can always change the tide. And that guy is Bret Hart. Okay. Bret Hart, there was no wrestler in the 80s and 90s that Bret Hart didn't have a chance to turn the tide with. Not one not including Shawn Michaels, mm. The Undertaker, and the list of people to go on. I leave The Undertaker off the list because he's always the main event. He wouldn't, you know, you know not, not many Survivor <laughs> Series matches. Yeah, right. Unless they were singles. <laughs> he had I a few, him and, him and the, the Brothers of Destruction, they, yeah. they had a couple of yeah. Survivor Series matches, but. I like that you didn't go that's, all Haas. That's my team. Yeah, when you started it, you you went Big Show first. I thought you were going all Haas squad. I thought you were just going to go big bodies. I thought oh, maybe big giants. Given, I thought maybe given your history with Andre, you'd throw Andre in there. But no, this was a you you thought uh, chemically, you thought biologically, you thought as a as a in terms of chemistry, right? Well, you got your two Hosses. You got Mark Henry, right? Right. You got the big show, but now you need a little charisma with the rock. Hey, can't do wrong there. And then I love the point you bring up about Bret Hart. You're right. There was no one in in the 80s and 90s. And we're talking about a very impressive era in professional wrestling history. Right. Where Bret Hart wasn't believably holding his own in every single situation. Right. Against anybody. Exactly. That's a testament to the 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 legacy that man left. And that's a great point that you made, Mark. I I like that a lot. Uh, Go go ahead. Go ahead. You have you have to ask yourself who's going to start that match against whoever, and you would think that it would be Brett because yeah. he's the you know he's the he's the grappler he's the guy that can kind of set the tempo, but I actually think that with that I would be the one to start. I would against whoever, and then I would give it to Brett. Who 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 would you want? to fight against like I don't know like I, like you don't need to give me a whole team but who would you if you're the captain of your survivor series team right and that is a squad you put together who would you want to test that squad against what what wow. pro wrestling mind would you want to go against like I talked about the biology and the thought you put into constructing your team who do you think could construct a team that might give that team a run for your money you know what I'm, I'm gonna have to see what the fans come up with All because right. Uh, I want to hear what your who your team is, and maybe like we that. can, you know, do some fantasy booking. I, I like. It. Well, I think Mark. I think we're going to be doing a lot of fantasy booking throughout the next three hours. Eight seven seven three four 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 eight nine three. Give us your all time Survivor Series squad. I'm not Mark. I'm not going to give an all time squad. All right. I'm going to give you a twenty. Well, what? Why? Well, no, no, no. Well, because I want to give. I want to give you the squad that I wanted to see going into Survivor Series this Sunday. You get what I'm saying? Like, I, I want to give you the team okay. that I wanted to 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 have tell a story this 24 hours coming up at uh, Survivor Series on Sunday. All right, so there's been some teasing on social media for this squad, and it kind of hit me, right? I think Finn Balor was the one 
that tweeted out on Instagram. They've been teasing at this, right? The guns from Finn Balor, a little back and forth with Adam Cole. What exactly is going to be happening? If I had a team in 2020 to construct AJ Styles, Adam Cole, Finn Balor, right there, right there, the lineage of the Bullet Club, and then you can throw in whatever other member of that sort of era that I'm talking about, if you will, Mark. So I would throw in a Kevin Owens. If you wanted to throw in Sami Zayn there instead of Kevin Owens, I would be okay with it. But AJ Styles, Hmm. Adam Cole, Finn Balor, and Kevin Owens. You know what? I probably, you know what? I'll take, I'll I'll stay with Kevin because I love the chemistry that you thought of in terms of the biology of constructing a team. And all due respect to Cole, Styles and Balor, they're all similar body shapes and sort of styles in terms of their wrestling. Kevin Owens is a wild card. He can be the hoss. He can be the cannonball. He can go there and, and, and clean people up. And again, I just, I would have loved to have seen that on Sunday, some sort of bullet club construction, an ode to a, a, a past generation in the work that they've done. I think that would be really fun and get the fans excited. And what's cool about that, Mark, we may still see something like that one day because I don't think that's completely off the table. I mean, you know, you got to let history happen and, you know, trying to get what you want is, you know, it's hard to do. Yeah. You know, (laughs) you can pee in one hand and and, and pray and wish in the other and see which one fills up first. Hey, everyone, this is Kirk Morrissey. This is Greg McElroy. And this is Nate Burleson. With the 2020 NFL season finally upon us, we're excited to announce three new NFL podcasts from SiriusXM. On Total Coverage, we'll explore the hows and the whys behind the week's biggest results. On Inside the Pocket, we will go under the helmet for all the quarterbacks in the NFL. And on 17 Weeks, Jamal Adams, Emmanuel Sanders, and Eric Ebron will discuss the latest NFL stories straight from the locker room. New episodes of all three podcasts will be available every week on the SiriusXM app and wherever you get your podcasts. Everybody's gonna pay. And still one of the greatest entrance music themes of all time. And it is for one of the greatest in-ring performers of all time, WWE Hall of Famer. And 30 years ago, almost to the day, in 24 hours, yeah, tomorrow, 30 years ago, this weekend, this man brought us the Undertaker at Survivor Series. He is one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. He is the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase, joining Busted Open right now. Ted DiBiase, thanks for giving us a few minutes. How you doing? I'm doing great, guys. How are you this morning? We are great. We are excited. I know Mark's excited. I know I'm excited. We're all excited as professional wrestling fans, Ted, because, well, as I said, 30 years ago today, as your mystery team member, you brought us the undertaker so i guess i guess we got to give you a big thanks uh, we ted, owe you. I just, yeah we owe you ted <laughs> i'm just gonna ask you this what do you remember about the lead up to that survivor series the mystery surrounding that entrant and, and i guess the expectations of a young mark calloway now known as the undertaker and, and what he was set to become well i i personally i, I remember that I, I thought i you know the uniqueness of the character uh you know, uh, fascinated me. And I, I, you know, I think that they did a very good job of, you know, of building this up and, and making it, it exciting. And, and, and then when this guy comes out and looks like he looks, I mean, that, of course, that was the first entrance. And of course, then, then later as that character grew, oh my gosh, I can remember, uh, I think we were in Chicago 
and it was another pay-per-view. And I think it was the first, I'm, I'm standing in the ring. This was when I, when I had become a ring, a ringside manager. And I can't remember who he was wrestling that night. I'm, you know, I'm getting old, but, <laughs> but the first time that undertaker came to the ring with all of the, uh, you know, with all of the torches on each side, right, right. Unbe- yeah, unbelievable entrance. But, uh, Mark Calloway is uh, number one. He's a, he's a, he, he's, He's he's great. He's great in so many ways. I mean, he's, he's you know he's uh, not only a great wrestler, but he's he's a great guy. He's a, he's a a very likable person. Um, but I you know it's like I don't think anybody and I know I certainly had no idea you know, at the time. It's just I say the same thing about Steve Austin. I don't know anybody yeah. realized at the time when they were first starting out like that that they would grow to be these these phenomenons and. Uh, but, you know, the fact that uh, Mark has carried this thing, the thing that intrigued me as a, a, a performer was for Mark to be able to get in the ring and to stay in character and to move in that fashion. You know what I'm saying? Like to, to move as slowly as he moved, yet to be as, as effective as he was. I think, you know, I just think it was, I don't think anybody realized how far he was going to go. And, and, and my gosh, you know, and guess what? You know, he's still going. He's, he's the last of the, uh, I, w- I would say, you know, unless there's somebody else, I think he's the last guy that's actively, you know, taking part in, in wrestling matches that is from my era. <laughs> we're, we're all getting wow. old. It's true. Wow. And, and you know what, Ted, like a- another thing about you and, and The Undertaker that parallel and and I wanted to talk about this was the athleticism for big guys. Um, nobody was doing the stuff that he was doing as a big guy, and you were at the time maybe two sixty. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I remember I remember telling Ryan I was like, Ted would jump from the ring to the floor every match, and. <laughs> When you grab the top rope and you jump over the top rope to the floor, that's that's a, that's about a uh, a ten foot drop. And yeah, the, to uh, do that every I'll night, you, and you know, the the guy who uh, is kind of like uh, you know my era guy. So I used to watch a lot of people. Of course, I grew up in wrestling. I loved wrestling since I, uh, my childhood because you know my father was a wrestler, and so. Uh, I've known the Funk family my entire life. Dory Funk Sr., Dory Funk Jr., Terry Funk. You know, Terry, Terry, I mean, the Funks were great wrestlers. Terry could be just as te- uh, just as technical as possible. He could be the greatest technician you ever saw, or he could be the wildest, craziest guy you ever saw. <laughs> he had the ability to do both. And uh, uh, the, the, the move you're talking about, Mark, I mean, there's, now, there's a lot of times I'd get I'd get clotheslined over the top rope, you know, and I'm with my back to the rope, and of course I'm holding onto that rope until I get my feet over, and then I go to the ground. But the other one I would do is is like somebody would give me what you and I call an ass bump, you know, when they they pick you up and they bring you down and you, your ear and hits their knee, yeah. And I would launch myself to the top rope, and I had to hit the top rope like uh, you know right about uh, belly button high, and that would carry me over and to the floor. 
but yeah, you know, it's like, uh, <laughs> I mean, I look at some of that stuff going back to Valley and every now and then I'll go on YouTube and pull up something to watch it. And I go, you know, and you know, now of course I'm 66 years old now. And I said, gosh, is that really me? Did I really do all that stuff? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was you. You did it. <laughs> And I, I told Ryan, I told Ryan and, and, and our guys here that I was going to tell a story that, uh, that happened as a little kid. My grandmother took me to Lafayette, Louisiana, and I told you this story before. I was in the third row, and you were wrestling uh, JYD, and I was the biggest JYD fan of all time at that age. I mean, at 10, 11 years old, I was, man, I was all in. And you were beating him like a rented mule. And <laughs> you you jumped over the top rope to the floor and double axed him. And he came up and blood was everywhere. I never saw that much blood in my life. And you you just continued to beat on him. And I'm screaming, stop, leave him alone, leave him alone. And I remember telling you about this bloody match in Lafayette, Louisiana, and you said, "You know what? I remember that." Yeah. And I was like, "Man, like as a little kid, nobody could tell me anything about pro wrestling. I thought I knew everything." Yeah. <laughs> I think there's always that like um is is there other moments that you had with the undertaker that um that kind of stick out to you like that memory sticks out to me well you know you know um you know the reason i remember your story is uh, i i i remembered it one you know you know you know you know you you know mark i mean we how many uh, how many days a year do we wrestle how many matches do we have and and there are some there's there there are some that do and especially if it's somebody that 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 you've done a lot of business with but when you told the story, that's what it brought. What brought it back? What brought it back to memory for me was that, like you said, that's as, that's about as much blood as you'd ever seen on a wrestler, <laughs> and and that's because dog hit it deep, and and then that you know, and I remember the match because of that because, you know, he went a little you know, and every now and then you know I've done that too where I you know there's a match I had with Ric Flair on TV where I hit it quick. This is back when we would cut ourselves with razor blades like idiots. And I hit a, I hit an artery in my forehead and every time my heart would beat, it would just squirt out. Oh (laughs) yeah. And so I told Rick, I said, put my head over the top rope. I'm going to get the girls on the front row. (laughs) (laughs) The eighties. Let's go. Oh, the eighties. But Mark Calloway, I mean, uh, what an unbelievable, I mean, nobody saw that coming. I mean, you know, when he first started, I saw his talent. Uh, I, I, I've always liked him uh, as a person. And, but, you know, I thought was one of those characters, you know, it's like characters come and characters go, you know, that they have the run. And then, you know, and I thought that that's it at, at, at the beginning. That's what I thought. But to see how this thing just grew and grew and grew and how he has just become, you know, I mean, he's a, I, as iconic as anybody in our business now. I mean, it's like there's nobody. I don't care. I mean, you can go almost anywhere in the world and go, you know, who the, you know, you know, the Undertaker, you know, that guy from wrestling. Oh, yeah. Everybody knows who the Undertaker is. 
You know, even if you're not a wrestling fan, yeah. people that that's one of those names that people remember. And uh, and to, to to Mark's credit, you know, he he earned it, man. And he you know, it's like, and you know, and every time that's the other thing. There's been a few of these, uh, the a few of the big shows, a couple of WrestleManias, and you know, and I was like, you know, I'd, I'd walk up to him and I said, uh, I I said I said Mark, I said you know, I said you know. The last time I talked to you, you said this was your last match. <laughs> uh, I said, "I said, are you ever going to retire?" And and I said, and so and so, why are you back again? And he says, "Well, I once heard somebody say everybody's got a price." <laughs> <laughs> what a great line! What a great line! All right, uh, yeah. so Ted, so Ted, I, I got to ask uh, you. Yeah. I, I just love the idea of the Undertaker saying that to the Million Dollar Man. Right? I'm kind of like marking out right here, but um. No, I, I, I'm curious because you, you, you kind of bring that up. The Last Ride, right? Obviously, the documentary series uh, has been airing. Mark Calloway, The Undertaker, giving us a look in, inside the character that I got to be honest, Ted, I never thought I would see. Now, I will get into that, but since you touched on it, I did have a question for you, and I'm going to ask you, right? The Undertaker's showing up tomorrow. He has said he's done. But, Ted, this is pro wrestling, right? I, I can't say I believe anybody's right. done, especially The Undertaker, as you said. He just keeps coming back and coming back. What do you think, <laughs> Ted? I mean, you're a fan like the rest of us. We're going into Survivor Series tomorrow. We're celebrating 30 years of The Undertaker. Do you think Do you think we might get one more match from the big man? Hey, you know what? Everybody's got a price. <laughs> and, and, yeah, I, I think anything is possible because you said it. This is wrestling. And, you know, and, and, and I, I just don't know. I mean, you know, uh, I mean, the, you know, the wrestling fan in me is going, I would love it. I, I would love it if, if, if we got to see him one more time, uh, you know, but, you know, I don't, I don't think that's obviously that's not what's been advertised or planned. So right. uh, I guess that's, that's what I think that's why every, you know, that's a good way to, that, that's a good way to get all Undertaker fans to show up. Yes, exactly. Everyone is for sure going to be tuned in. Now you talk about Undertaker fans, Ted, obviously 30 years ago uh, this weekend tomorrow, which I think is really cool. Obviously the date lines up, which is another reason I think you could do something, a proper send off. Not that he hasn't had plenty. He certainly has, but I think on some level, the door is open, right? That's tomorrow, but let's go back to 30 years ago. Uh, almost today, right? 30 years ago this weekend, you know, it's around Thanksgiving time. There is, there's this like book ended by the gobbledygooker, like Survivor Series 1990 was a really, you know, obviously important event for so many reasons for us as professional wrestling fans. But Mark Calloway, the undertaker, he's making his debut. No one has seen this yet. At the time he's with brother love, soon to be Paul Bearer joining up and, and obviously becoming the undertaker that we know and, and love today. But, but Ted, I, take me back to that week to take me back to those weeks. What were the nerves like? Like what was Mark like heading into that? This was a huge debut for him. And Ted, he didn't have the juice that he has today. He certainly wasn't a locker room leader. No one knew he was going to be one of the greatest of all time. He didn't know he was going to be a hall of famer. Right. So, so take me back 30 years ago into what he was like leading up into that match and that debut. Well, I mean, you know, uh, you know, Mark was just, uh, you know, it, I would say be any, like any, anybody else. I mean, I had been, I had been a wrestler. I, I, I here's a, a kid who grew up in wrestling, a kid who had been in wrestling dressing rooms, even before I was a wrestler with my dad and knew all these guys and, and had been a wrestler for 12 years. But when I went, when I came to the then WWF, 
you know, uh, wrestling had exploded and it was somewhat, somewhat, you know, like, you know, and so now instead of uh, doing our TV shows and, and little studios with, you know, like uh, two sets of bleachers on two sides of the ring, all of our TV shows are in coliseums and, you know, it's like every crowd's a big crowd. You know, I was intimidated by that. I mean, intimidated in a way that like, you know, you, you know, I mean, the first time I went out on, on TV, uh, as the million dollar man, you know, yeah, I was, I, you know, I was nervous. I was a little bit apprehensive, but once I was out there, I was okay. And I would say that that's, that's how Mark was. I mean, it's like, this is his, this is his debut. This is like everything that had been done. It was leading up to this, to this, uh, to this, this entrance and this appearance. And, uh, you know, I'm sure he was, you know, of course I didn't talk to him about it. And because a lot of guys, you know, I remember when my son, Ted Jr., when he debuted, I was behind the curtain with him. And this is what I told him years before he walked out. I said, put everything else out of your mind. I said, but when you walk through that, that, that curtain, you own the place. I want that to be the thought in your mind, your, your, your attitude. You know, I, I, I own the place, you know, that, that, that presentation. And, and, and he did that. So, uh, but I, you know, I would just say Mark, like all of us, you know, like, I mean, you know, you know, you know, uh, Mark, you, Mark Henry, you know, you and I know, you know, whether it's wrestling or whatever, but you know, like we, you know, I can wrestle all the time, but when you're wrestling in WrestleMania, when you're wrestling a big show, you know, uh, we all have the jitters. We all have, you know, we don't, yeah. you know, every time you go on a football field or whatever, you know, but once you make that first contact, you relax and you get into the game. And, and uh, I would say that's how it was yep. for Mark. I, so. I definitely would have to agree with that. Uh, I, uh, there's been many times that the anxiety of a match, uh, especially I think the most that I ever had was uh, main eventing with Taker at WrestleMania 22. Yeah. And being a part of the streak and me wanting to live up to every match that that I saw growing up of The Undertaker at WrestleMania. And I was like, almost had to breathe into a paper bag because I was like, I just couldn't believe that that moment had come up. And, but I was, I was always told if you ever get to where you're not, you don't feel like that, you need to get out of the business. Because that, you're absolutely that's what, right, brother. That's you're what absolutely protects right. you. Because you know, if 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 it doesn't mean any more than that to you, you know, that's going to come across to the crowd. Yeah. So yeah, you know, and that's I, the way I, your I, body protects itself. Yeah. You know, you yeah gives you limits. You know, you start right. to feel like you don't have any limits or any limitations, then you could do something that not only hurt you but hurt the person you're in the ring with. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, you and I both know the, the first rule of thumb is, you know, that's what I was always taught from day one, you know, because because as as performers, we're in the ring working together to entertain this crowd. But the first rule is take care of him. Yeah. In other words, if something if, if something goes haywire and you're all sweaty and somebody slips, you know, you do your best to protect his body. And, you know, and if he's thinking the same way, you know, then, then things are going to work out good. 
you know, yeah. so, and, and it's like, you know, and there've been a couple of guys, you know, in our business who, who I looked at and, and, uh, you know, it would kind of with disgust that didn't show that respect. It was like, it was all about them. And, and, uh, you know, he didn't, you know, there's, there's guys who didn't care whether they hurt you or not, you know, yeah. and, uh, those guys need to be, you know, out the door, uh, because, you know, we're, you know, you, you know, it's like anything else, you know, if you're an NFL football player, if you're a baseball player or you're a wrestler, you're part of a family. And, uh, especially in, in, in wrestling where, uh, the uniqueness of what we do and how we travel and everything is like, you know, it's kind of like, you know, like a soldier, you know, you can sit down with somebody and try to, you know, cause I'm intrigued by, you know, I, I watch war movies and I, I, you know, I, you know, I study the history. I, I'd like to go to Normandy and all that stuff. And I just try to imagine what that must've been like. And there's no way to imagine it. And even if a soldier sat down and tried to tell you, there's no way that, you know, the only, the only other person that's going to understand him is somebody that was there with him. Right. You know, and it's, it's the same thing for us. It's just, you know, you know, it's like you have to live it to, to, to totally understand it. Um, yeah, no, here with Ted DiBiase, the million dollar man, Ted, we got a a couple more minutes. And before we get you out of here, I, I wanted to ask you this question because you were a part, I mean, 1989, I'm six years old. You had that million dollar team with Zeus from no holds barred, the powers of pain and warlord and barbarian. That was great to me because it was a, it was a true stable of real heels. And I was a Hulkamaniac and that just, I mean, that story being told to me, it still sticks with me, you know, 30 plus years later, but Ted, you were a part of some really great Survivor Series teams. So this is a two-part question. What was your favorite Survivor Series team? And if you could put together today a million-dollar team, four wrestlers, past, present, whatever the case may be, I'd love to hear your thoughts. So your favorite actual team of years past and the team you might put together today? Well, well, I, I would say actual team is the team you just, the team you just announced, those guys. Yeah. That, to me, that was the best uh group of guys in terms of, 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 of what the, what the angle was, what, what we were trying to do at the time. And, and, and it got over well, um, good, good Lord, uh, you know, to put together a team, you know, from past, present and future. Wow. <laughs> put me on the spot. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, I might have to have Mark Henry on that, you know, I mean, uh, big, big, he's, hard, bad he's hard to move. Uh, he's hard to move. Ted. Oh, Oh yeah, exactly. You know, that's the kind of guy, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, and I don't know, Andre, the giant, <laughs> he maybe the hardest guy, guy to move. I, I was gonna say Mark would appreciate <laughs> that. Guy to move, right. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, and of course, uh, well, Hulk Hogan, but that wouldn't, that wouldn't work. Cause you know, he yeah. was, well, he, he eventually turned deal, but you know, that was, a, that was a different time. Uh, oh my gosh. Um, Oh gosh, other heels. Uh, Jake the Snake. Ooh, yeah, Jake. I'd watch Jake that. Be a, yeah, that'd be that would be a good combination of guys. And uh, oh gosh, I need one more. Uh, sure. Oh gosh. Um, oh man. Give me a manager. Give me someone other than yourself to run the team. Who would you pick to run a team? Um, Bobby Heenan. Right, yeah. the brain. 
How, how can you go wrong with Bobby Heenan? I, hey, Ted, I feel like we could have you back on for a whole, a whole other half hour just to talk about Bobby <laughs> Heenan. But I appreciate you joining us here on the Survivor Series Saturday. A true legend of the business, the one and only million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. Ted, again, thank you for giving us a few minutes. Uh, thank you for being such a huge part of Survivor Series lore, introducing us to The Undertaker, but giving us some of the greatest heel stables in the history of the business and a true heel yourself uh one of the greatest of all time man it was a pleasure for myself i know Mark thank you for coming it. on I know, brother I, I know the nation right. enjoyed it thank you very much ted thank you guys and uh just remember everybody's got a price for the million dollar man <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah ted dibiase oh my god million dollar man mark that will never get old ever never get old listen man I, I I know the man. I love the man. Uh, Kendrick Spirits, brothers in Christ, yep. and uh, just a good human being, man. And um, it, it 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 warms my heart to be able to be here on be on the show today with him. Like yeah. that's how special he is. Especially, Mark, 30 years almost to the day that that man gave us The Undertaker. Again, I feel like we could have went an hour with him. Just the stories and the, oh, yeah, and the mind. And you, you talk about the mind of the business to be a heel, Mark. Um, he is the greatest heel, period, of my childhood. Like, period. Oh, yeah. There's no one better. Hello, SiriusXM. This is Pat McAfee. Starting Wednesday, my show is coming to Mad Dog Sports Radio. If you don't know me, here's a resume. I used to kick balls for a living. Sometimes I do comedy. I'm an undefeated professional wrestler except for one match. And I do a radio show where I'll entertain the living hell out of you with sports takes and some stories from my crazy life. The dumbest sports show to ever exist, The Pat McAfee Show. We're on weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern starting Wednesday on Mad Dog Sports Radio, Channel 82, Amazon Alexa, Google Assistant, or however the hell you stream in your house. The landscape of pro wrestling is evolving, which means more options for fans. So many activities. Mark Henry and Ryan McKinnell are here to answer the difficult questions. What was the best show this week? If you ain't first, you're last. The week's over, so get over. This is the Busted Open Weekly Winner. Yes, 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 that is right, wrestling fans. Hour three of Busted Open here. I am Ryan McKinnell. That is Mark Henry. And Mark, it is weekly winner time. Very exciting. Couldn't, uh, well, we'll get things started, but I, I just got to give another tip of the cap and a big thanks to the one and only million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase, for stopping by there at the end of hour two. And a reminder to our fans, if you missed any part of that conversation, don't miss it again. Make sure to swing back on SiriusXM. XM on demand after the show to catch up with that. Uh, I feel like that man has a treasure trove of stories, Mark Henry. I feel like we could talk to him forever. Bro, we could have talked to him for another hour. Um, <laughs> I think one of the main things that we could have talked about was uh, wrestling intention. And that's, that's one that, you know, we were on Survivor Series, so we couldn't talk about what makes a heel a heel. Yeah. What made him want to be the heel that he was? And uh, what advice did he get from his dad, you know, when he was a young boy coming in the locker room? Um, yeah. Jacob is probably the luckiest kid in the world. Just like I remember Dominic, when Dominic was like, I, I, I remember I used to hold him while Ray was, 
you know, going over his stuff, you know, like a baby boy, like one, two years old. Yeah. So like uh, Jacob has had that experience too. And it, there's some instinctive things. If I, if I called right now and had Jacob come on the show, he would be able to talk wrestling like we talk wrestling because he understands he's been there. He's done that. That's the way the rock was. And um, the, the thing that makes it, really boil is if do you love it or where it's just something that you was exposed to and i think that jacob loved it and i think that ted dibiase loved it as much as his dad did or more and he told it like he said he told his son like you go out there like you own the place and there's that's the thing that's uh that whole psychology thing is what makes wrestling what it is today and uh i, I we could have had him on for at least an hour psychology yeah psychology mark and being fearless like to be a great heel i think you have to have nfg right no f's given and i think now i that is a double-edged sword of that right like you care immensely but that's also why you never break and you always stay you keep that heel energy as as tight as you can dibiase did that mjf does it today i mean it's it's a it's a trait it never it it never changes Perception is reality. There was a time, Ryan, when I didn't want to be perceived as the big, angry black dude because my whole life, that's how people saw me. I didn't want to be typical. But in pro wrestling, if you're going to play the role, you're going to be something. There was never a bigger, angrier black dude than I was when I was in there trying to beat the shit out of you. Like I wanted to be that guy once I turned that corner and was allowed myself to be perceived that way. Ted DiBiase didn't, you said no else given? None. He went out there, I own the place, and I know you're a man, you are weak. And if I offer you enough money you will lay down on the ground and just let me put my foot on your chest. I know you will. And that's that was the reality of him as a heel. That's, a re- that's the reality Everybody of the world. Everybody had a price. Everybody's How many times did price. you see him have a match and then all of a sudden the guy took a punch and it didn't even look like it hit him and he goes down and he covers the guy and then he takes the money and rather than putting it in his mouth, he put it in his hand. Yeah. Oh, what a heel. What a dirty, no good son of a gun. And the and dollar I, bill, uh, the dollar bill mark in the mouth afterwards. It's the little things. It's the psychology. Uh, the things that stay with you 30 years later, 40 yeah. years later. I mean, a testament to just great work, man. Just that. That's yeah, all he, was, he was a blessing to the business, man. And um, I, I think that The Undertaker. Um, with this Survivor Series happening and and tomorrow being the anniversary, um, he was able to do the same thing, evolve and represent himself. He protected that. There was guys that they didn't want to get chokeslammed. The chokeslam was new back then. And guys were like, you mean you're going to pick me up and throw me down on the back of my head? Nah. No, yeah, you're going to take it, and you're going to like it. <laughs> Otherwise, your ass not going to work here. And 
man, like the business changed and the entertainment side of pro wrestling took off from that. I mean, Gorgeous George in the 50s was an anomaly. There was nobody like The Undertaker before um, he that character became about. There's yeah. been characters throughout wrestling for 120 years. And Gorgeous George is the only guy that had that kind of energy and personality and flamboyance and pageantry that The Undertaker had. One guy? That's 30, that's 30 years. Speaks volumes. All the way through the 50s, all the way yep. through the 60s, all the way through the 40 years. That's crazy that there's only crazy. really. And Mark, you can still talk about him to this day. Like, as you said, we're, it's 2020. The lasting impression those men leave across the board. Legends are legends for a reason. Hall of Famers are Hall of Famers for a reason. I can say that to you, Mark. We've been at fantasy booking our Survivor Series squads here. Even the Million Dollar Man said Mark Henry had to be on his Survivor Series squad. You know, you can't teach size, Mark Henry. You can't, you can't teach, teach size all right maybe we can teach some listeners out there well at least give our opinions on the best show in the week that was a uh, professional wrestling it is weekly winter time here on busted open saturday to start hour three mark i'm gonna let you roll with it as a survivor series saturday here one of the big four pay-per-views and we're gonna break it down so i'm gonna let you go first there's a lot of good stuff to get to in the week that was in professional wrestling we had title changes on monday night raw we had bangers like eo versus Rhea on wednesday night we had another great go home show on friday for smackdown so where does the truth lie world's strongest man the best show in the week that was of professional wrestling hit me you know what man like monday I would have to say was probably the best Monday Night Raw we've seen in a couple of months. Uh, yeah. And primarily due to the main event. Uh, but you know there was a there was a guy in the Thunderdome that you know was watching that match that was excited like <laughs> I was in it. Excited. And- Excited, Mark. I I watched you on the Thunderdome screen for the majority of that match. You were super hyped. Like you were, you were locked in. You were locked in at every move when they went up. Uh, they did the high spot. I think they did the superplex. Like you were, don't do that. Don't you don't want to do that? No, 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 no. no. Oh my god! Like I, I got into it, and you know, know, I love Drew. I I love Drew and Randy. I always said, if I was going to start a company. I'm starting with Randy Orton. Yep. Like either, either way, I'm going to be good. That's that's how Randy is the most balanced wrestler in the world. Yep. Hands down. There's no competition. He's the most balanced pro wrestler in the world. And that's not saying he's the greatest entertainer or he's the greatest wrestler, but overall balance every category, every box. Not a not a there's no other option. And I mean, even even every story that was told, you know, being able to see Bray Wyatt, uh, the the show was really good. And there was a point where I was on the phone, um, and I was standing there talking, sitting there talking to Dave LaGreca, while the show was going on, and we were like, "Is this raw? Holy <laughs> shit, this is a good show!" And there was a lot of things that went on, but you know what? 
the thing about that whole show that I have to give a lot of credit to was for the first time in my life, knowing this guy, I seen him go out of himself and become somebody else. And that was Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy had a scene in the locker room where he grabbed Elias and he said, look, man, I didn't do it. And, you know, you could tell when somebody's lying or you could tell when somebody's telling the truth and they're trying to, it's like that, that, uh, uh, that guy that lied and said the girl messed around with him, but she really didn't. It was like you knew that Jeff was telling the truth and he was trying to get, he, man, he barked at Elias like the greatest heel in pro wrestling. And there was little bitty things that made that show really, really pop. And, and Jeff Hardy took that to another level. And you get to Wednesday Shit, Wednesday was so good, man. It's like I'm <laughs> Wednesday is the day for pro wrestling. Yep. It used to be Monday nights. I grew up Monday night. That was my night of wrestling. Wednesday oh. is the night of wrestling, man. I watched uh I I mean, and and I, I watching the Young Bucks and Top Flight which I didn't know Top Flight I just listened to the I just listened to the story. Yeah. Of the guys, you know, wanting to be like them and calling them, reaching out to them on social media and them going, you know what, man? I remember what it was like. I got a brother. Let's give these guys a shot. And then them going and representing the way they represented. And I I I just knew that right then that show was going to be on the road. I want to say, as we're talking about the young bucks, I don't want to stop your flow because this is weekly winter and you're running through the show. But Mark, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention just a couple days ago, we had the young bucks right here on busted open. Dave and the crew had uh, Nick and Matt Jackson on to talk about uh, their careers. It was a long ranging interview talking about AEW today, but before we continue with weekly winter, Mark, let's hear from the young bucks uh, a little bit. Now this is only just a snippet of the young bucks from earlier in the week on busted open. So if you want, to hear the rest be very clear you got to head out there on Sirius XM on demand check out busted open you can find the full interview but this was young bucks earlier in the week right here on busted open we we broke the unwritten rules of wrestling like you're only supposed to do a couple of high spots in the match and well what do we do well hey we're going to start off with 20 high spots and hey the super kick's a finisher what are you doing no for us it's just a it's just a fun move we do 12 times a match like these are the rules of wrestling the the unspoken rules you do not break so when you do those things people say you you're, you're going to kill the business and i think that's kind of where the 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 phrase was kind of coined was was the critics who said that we were spamming super kicks and we were doing too many high spots and you know we we were doing all of the things that you're not supposed to do but for whatever reason it worked for us when it was never supposed to work 
well, Mark, you can call them spot junkies. You, you, you can criticize their style. You can say whatever you want. One thing you can't deny, Mark, is that they are one of the greatest tag teams going today, and you talk about that match with Top Flight on Wednesday night, telling a story and a short blip and then, and, and then going out there with the repertoire that they have, whether it be super kicks or whatever the case may be, a well-done story, a well-told story on Wednesday. No question. Yeah, I mean, it, it was hell of a story that they told, uh, the way they got introduced, and you yeah. can't help but want to see what them guys are going to do going forward. Um, I thought that it was pretty cool. Uh, you know, um, Jay Cargill got the uh, – put the chair on Brandy's arm and did damage. I wish there could have been a little bit more heat, but, you know, still nonetheless, uh, the jobs got done. Uh, Will Hobbs. Coming in at the end of yeah. the, a, a really good match already, you know, Darby Allen and Cody uh, versus Ricky Starks and Brian Cage, hell of a match. I mean, they went back and forth and back and forth. And then it got to the point to where you thought it was over and they just showed you again how the greatness that they can put together. And then uh, to see Will Hobbs come in and make another uh, just – Really, really great moment for yeah. himself, uh, I thought was awesome. Um, and you go right over to NXT, and man, listen, the match that Io Shirai and Rhea had was the best match of the week. It was it was better than, and, and you're going to say, oh, I don't know about that, but I thought it was a better match than Randy and Drew, just for the story that it told. Um you know, the whole Leo Ruff, Leon Ruff stuff. Uh, and I don't think nobody is being more entertaining right now than Cameron Grimes. Yeah. Cameron Grimes is so entertaining, man. I can't wait to see him do more in the business. Uh, he deserves that. Dexter Loomis is slowly becoming one of my favorites. Um, and uh, the whole, you know, getting to the end of the match and um, – and and having the finish go the way that it did, and then you know having Finn come out, and then you got Pat McAfee coming out, and then you got the um, you got a, a melee that ensues after that, where Pat McAfee got kicked. That I thought it was might might have been the most flush, uh, well sold kick. And delivery and, man, there's got to be a receipt coming from that. It was amazing. <laughs> Just a really, really good show uh, on NXT. And then, of course, what we saw last night. I mean, the drama between Roman Reigns and, and the, the dialogue that was had between Drew McIntyre and himself was worth the price of admission on his own. That's, that's without the fact that they had so many good moments in that show. The tag team match that just, it it made you want to be a wrestling fan. That's And a great close, and Mark, a great close. A great close between two great wrestlers with Jey Uso and Daniel Bryan. Yeah, and and not only was that match um, uh, a really good match for Jey, um, Bryan got his comeuppance. And you can feel 
that Jay felt like there were going to be some kind of consequence to losing and knowing Roman was standing over his shoulder. Yeah. And I was waiting on the music to hit and Roman to come out, um, but it didn't happen and it didn't need to happen. But, you know, it's, it's, it's the subliminal messaging of what they've done in weeks prior that made that even as much entertaining. And, you know, I can't give all, I can't give all of the shows the weekly winner. Because no, if, you ain't first, if you ain't first, you're last, Mark Henry. If you ain't first, you're last. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's the gimmick. I, I'm I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to give the best match, um, the the nod, and and that's that's NXT. Wow. I have to give I have to give it up. Uh, I, as much as I like to give SmackDown with Drew and Roman that 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 push, um. EO and Rhea just, you know, they, they made they made me a wrestling fan. Well, I'm not going to argue with you on that. Best match of the week, Rhea Ripley, EO Shirai. If you want to center that around being the best show, how how do you argue with that? I'll say I'll say this, Mark. I think the two best matches of this week were done by the women. You mentioned EO and Rhea. How about Serena Deeb and Thunder, Rosa and Thunder Rosa on Dynamite. That match was, no pun, Dynamite. Yeah, that was. was really well done. Um, not not surprising. Not surprising. I guess from the standpoint, though, I, I, I mean, it's a little surprising that, that the NWA title is getting so much shine, that, that, that so much is being invested in those two, which I am totally cool with. I love that, and I love that Tony Khan's being willing to do that and opening up sort of the cross-promotion sort of stuff. I really enjoyed that. Uh, he obviously had also on Wednesday night, at least in terms of Dynamite, you had the inner circle coming to my city with their little hangover uh, sort of inspired clip. Speaking of the hangover, uh, Mark, uh, very important part of that first Hangover movie in that suite with the wild animals and whatever may have been going on, right? Mike Tyson was in that scene. Fun fact, Mark, coming up in seven days a week from today. Yeah, Mike Tyson's getting back in the ring and taking on Roy Jones Jr. Something tells me we might be talking about that next week, at least a little bit. How are we going to not talk about a Mike Tyson fight How can on a we Saturday? not talk about it? I wanted I to talk about it today. Well... Well, we got too much to get to today. We'll just have to put that. That was us talk. We just did. That was us talking about it. That was us talking about that was, it. That was us. That was we just did it. So what? What's your? What's your? We met our quota. Man. Well, so as we said, strong shows on Wednesday. Obviously, the go home show with Friday Night SmackDown was really well done. I always think that, uh, you know, when you've got the two hours, it helps them a little bit more, especially when compared to uh, Monday Night Raw on Monday. One thing I do want to mention uh, before I jump to Monday and, 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 and talk more about weekly winner final thing on Wednesday at NXT uh, Damian priest. I got to say something about Damian priest, formerly punishment Martinez. I have never been a huge fan of Damian priest. Like I, I get it. I see what people see big guy. He's got the look like you know, all that works. Right. But the rock star sort of thing that they were doing in NXT. Okay. That's fine. Didn't really hit for me. The punishment Martinez stuff on the Indies and ROH that definitely didn't hit for me. There is something happening with Damian priest right now. I yeah. don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it. Maybe you can elaborate. There's a looseness happening. There's more personality coming out and this is crazy. And I don't, I'm not trying to be hyperbolic, but there's a quality in him that's starting to remind me of the rock. And it's from this standpoint and it's this standpoint only the expressions on his face, 
He's starting to be super expressive in the face. Like I said, he's starting to become a little bit lighter, a little bit jokier with Cameron Grimes and the whole thing with Leon Ruff. There's something happening with Damian Priest. And I'm for the first time as a fan, I'm in on Damian Priest and I'm excited to see what's going to happen with him further. Mark, I guess what I'm saying is I hope they foster this quote unquote new Damian Priest that we're seeing. Cause I think there's something there. Well, I mean, uh, you're, you're a hundred percent right. Um, sometimes the light switch comes on. Yeah. And I feel like that that's what has happened. I think that he believes that he can actually see where he can be funny. He can see where uh, it's not going to make him weak by playing the role, allowing himself to get slapped and the, the facial expressions and different things like there comes a time where you have to be able to, you have to be able to laugh at yourself. Yeah. And I think that he knows where to, where to put that stuff now. And his expressions are tremendous. Yes. And you know, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's pretty cool, man, to see it is people finally get it. Yep. And that's, and that's, and yes, the, I love the way you ended that. It's cool to see people finally get it. Cause we're rooting for all professional wrestlers yeah. at the end of the day, you're risking your life. You're risking your well being, right? Like we want you to go out there and be your best version. And a guy like priest who has a size, presumably, you know, he's got the look big future for Damien priest. I never really saw it before. Again, I'm seeing it now. So tip of the cap to him, but Mark to wrap up weekly winner, very simply, when you have a world title change on television, let alone a world title change between Randy Orton and drew McIntyre. I, I, that match was so well done in the time that we got it. And especially without fans, I keep going back to drew McIntyre in this pandemic era and the moments that he's had Mark, I was a Imagining that match with fans. Could you imagine the pops that that would have gotten? That was so well executed and so engaging. Like I felt my wife was asking me, who do you think is going to win? And I was like, well, with the kilt, with the, with the kilt being brought out and the sword and the new package, I kind of think Drew McIntyre is going to take it, but I didn't really know I was being, you know, a Mark, I was nitpicking and right, but there was still that surprise factor, the whole package. You think of Alexa bliss and the fiend and what's going on with them. Uh, everything was solid on Monday night. Raw. It was a really good show. As you said, as you were talking to LaGreca. And again, when you have a title change to end the show, how, how can I go against that? As as great as everything else was this was a really really great week for professional wrestling and you know why how i know i'm giving monday night raw my weekly winner when monday Whoa. night raw in this era right now at least the stretch that they've been in and they're getting the weekly winner you know they are doing something right so that's it for weekly winner we went a little long that's all right we still got plenty to say when we come back that's right 30 years of the undertaker tomorrow marking that monumentous day when he was the mystery partner of the million dollar team and the million dollar man so much has happened since then the living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories but your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.